Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Force Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Inferna. Uh, and in today's episode, what we're going to spend some time talking about is reflecting on uh, the 2017-18 season. Now, in our last episode, we talked about expectations and accountability a little bit. I'm going to try and talk you through how I tried to hold our athletes accountable to the expectations they set for themselves and the expectations that we set together as an athlete and coach. Uh, talk about, I guess, our wins for the season and our not wins, so our strengths and our lesser strengths, uh, the way we talk about it at uh, where I work. But uh, really, our season got started um, when <laughs> our previous one ended. So um, the 16-17 season ended rather prematurely. Uh, we had some, you know, just some things came up with some of our athletes. And um, unfortunately, two of our two of the three athletes that we had last season were um, dismissed for the te- from the team for various um, reasons that I will not go into detail about now. Um, so we knew at the beginning, or at the end of the season, that it was just going to be myself and, and one senior thrower, Tyler, uh, for the whole indoor season, um, unless uh, somebody walked on. But we didn't have any freshmen or any other upperclassmen that joined the team. Um, so we knew it was going to be Tyler and I until outdoors started, and then we were going to have a swimmer uh, join us for outdoor, Kayla Santos. So our indoor season started really, like I said, at the end of the previous outdoor. Um, but we talked, a, we Tyler and I talked a little bit about goals and expectations at the tail end of uh, the summer. We talked about you know what what we wanted to try and accomplish. And uh, one of the goals we set forth was, um, you know, trying to get to nationals. So trying to get to um, a distance that would be sufficient enough to qualify for D3 indoor nationals, which is typically about 18 meters for the men, uh, or about 60 feet or so, give or take a couple inches. Uh, and we thought that that was a realistic goal because the year before, as a sophomore, Tyler threw 16, um, 1670. So really, we only needed five feet. And I say really only five feet because from his freshman to sophomore season, uh, Tyler uh, put on about 15 feet. So that wasn't going to be like crazy what we were asking for. I mean, we've had athletes PR by more than uh, two meters in a season, three meters in a season. So a meter and a half we thought would be realistic. Assuming so... Uh, or assuming in which that we would hold each other, coach and athlete, accountable to our commitments to get us to throwing that far. And uh, that's why I really want to start is, um, you know, when our indoor season started, we got off to a pretty good foot. Uh, We had some pretty good meets early on in the season. Uh, And then February rolled around, and uh, Tyler and I had a heart-to-heart conversation after one of our meets uh, where we just, just... we weren't being held accountable to our expectations and what I mean by that is um, um, I knew that that we were missing some some training sessions in the weight room uh, we were hitting all of our throwing sessions um, but we weren't we weren't able to find time to um, go to the weight room as often we had a conversation about it in January we had a conversation about it in the beginning of February um, so this was the third conversation really we were having in about six weeks and to talk about you know, how some of the training, the build-up to 
the track and field season, a lot of a bulk of the work is done in July, August, September, October, before we step foot in a circle to, um, you know, really start throwing. Uh, with our athletes, we really don't start throwing until the end of October, early November. Uh, so a lot of the strength work, you know, is really done on your own. Uh, and that's number one with accountability and expectations. And you set a number of I'm going to throw 60 feet or I want to try and qualify for nationals or, um, you know, something along those lines. If you never step foot in the weight room, uh, it's going to be highly unlikely that you're going to accomplish that goal. Now, maybe there's some athletes that don't have to train in the weight room, but they can just show up and they're physically gifted enough to throw 60 feet in the weight. Um, I've never met uh, an athlete that can do that. I'm sure maybe other coaches uh, are going to send me messages after they listen to this episode and say, oh, wait a second, I had so-and-so and I had so-and-so. Uh, but in my specific experiences in 10 years, I've never had an athlete uh, really reach their ultimate potential and set their, you know, accomplish their goals with just throwing and not ever training in the weight room. So that was the first thing. And we talked about that. We talked about, um, you know, the, the, the passion and the desire to try and throw that far, but not, not meeting our expectations, um, which... You know, by that time, you know, for anybody who's listening to this episode, um, you know, it's tough to catch up on six months of weight room work and a couple weeks before trying to qualify for nationals. So needless to say, um, after a couple of heart-to-heart conversations, um, our season came to an end at the uh, Indoor Empire 8 Championships. Um, the uh, Atlantic Regional qualifying mark was 15 meters in the men's weight throw. Uh, Tyler, in his sophomore season, he threw over 50 feet in every meet, so over 15, 24, 25, which would have been enough to qualify for the regional meet. Um, his junior year, he threw over that mark once, so I knew it was there. Um, it just didn't happen when we needed it to happen. And um, you know, after that meet, uh, I spent a lot of time self-reflecting on my about you know my performance as a coach. And how, um, you know, ultimately, I still feel it's my responsibility. I don't know if other coaches feel it's their responsibility as much, um, but maybe 51-49 um, in regards to, you know, not, not achieving our goals and not uh, qualifying and extending our season. Um, you know, some coaches say, well, it's 90-10 or 75-25, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really... Um, fixated on the notion that I think it's a 50-50. I think athletes need to meet coaches halfway. Coaches need to meet athletes halfway. Uh, We provide the map, the tools for the athletes to be able to reach and uh, achieve their goals. But the athletes have to, you know, put in the the physical work or maybe the, the coaches put in the mental work and they build that mental capacity and the mental strength and uh, build the mindset and drive and resiliency and things of that nature and where it's the athletes really need to put forth the, the physical work um, where the coaches obviously aren't going to go in the circle and uh, you know complete the, the event for the athletes. Uh, my athletes would certainly not want me to do that now, uh, maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago, but definitely not today. Um, so we started, we transitioned to our outdoor season. We were more focused, I believe. Tyler definitely was on uh, wanting to ex- extend his season. Um, 
set a personal best in the hammer, which he didn't do his um, junior year, and we added another athlete uh, to the to the group. So, and I think that that added a little bit of competitiveness. It made things a little. I mean, deaf practice was was definitely more fun with Kayla around. Um, but Kayla and I also, and this is my this is where I hold myself accountable um, as well. Um, you know, Kayla um, and I talked about goals a couple times during the season, but they were more outcome goals as opposed to process goals. Uh, Kayla uh, is an elite swimmer. Uh, she's one of the best swimmers uh, in the country, D3. Um, she's, she pretty much, uh, I'd say they're, they're, without Kayla, it would have been diff- more difficult for the team to win the Empire Conference Championships. But uh, the women's team won the conference championship in swimming and diving. Uh, Kayla was a big part of that, uh, almost single-handedly winning the meet for the team. Um, although I'm sure her teammates would be willing to argue that. I, I will argue the other side that um, Kayla was just as responsible, maybe a little bit more than some of her other peers, uh, scoring um, like 60 points in the meet. But anyway, so we talked a little bit about goals, and they were more outcome goals and process. Uh, rather than talk about meeting our practice sessions and our weight room sessions, it was about, I was always chasing a mark. Um, and the mark for her was 120 feet in the discus, which in most years that would definitely score at any of our conference championships. Um, so our season got off to a pretty good start. Um, had career personal bests in the shot put. We had some pretty good throws in the hammer. Um, but, um, you know, t- due to some unforeseen medical um, uh, situation, uh, Kayla uh, lost a lot of time during her swimming season where she wasn't in class, had some stuff happen. Um, so she was playing catch up during the outdoor season. Um, it's not an excuse, it's just. You know, I think it's something to uh, to discuss that sometimes, you know, being bedridden for a month is it's difficult to kind of overcome that when you only have uh, five weeks left of your season. Uh, so for Kayla, as for Tyler, you know, our season came both came to an end. Um, Kayla had um, pretty good throws at our conference championship meet at the Empire Conference Championship meet. Um, shot put any other year she would have made the finals for sure uh, discus any other year she would have scored of course um, but this year it just wasn't it wasn't meant to be um, Tyler though did PR and the hammer in his last last throw of his collegiate career uh, throwing over 45 meters which was huge uh, finally made that big one meter jump as opposed to 10 centimeters here 10 centimeters, 10 centimeters there so Tyler appeared in the hammer um, over the course of the last four meets of the season but um, you know getting back to the expectations and things and, I, and like I said I, you know I, I hold myself accountable a lot but um, you know I think the athletes um, need to be more realistic of their expectations as well and that's something that I'm going to focus more on this year with Kayla and our group of four freshman throwers that we have coming in four female freshman throwers I'm really pumped about Um, but really thinking about if what your expectations are how are you going to hold yourself accountable to that and who's going to hold you accountable to that how are you going to let them hold you accountable Um, you know when with Tyler it was only Tyler and I and maybe after you know, he, he started uh, thinking of me as like the Charlie Brown teacher, one like the wah 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 type of thing. 
Um, but really, when you think about it, you know, um, we're putting together a template right now, a plan for throwers, of different habits and traits uh, to exemplify and to focus on in regards to, to reaching your ultimate potential and achieving your goals. And one of those is, is setting your goal, uh, whatever your long-term goal may be, um, developing some commitments or an action plan with your coach uh, in order to achieve those goals, and then allowing people to hold you accountable. And that's something that I um, uh, haven't implemented before in my coaching, is asking the athletes how they want to be held accountable and giving them the option of, okay, is it a friendly text reminder? Is it other, some other type of consequence? Is it an email? Like, how are the athletes going to be held accountable um, to meeting their goals and expectations? Because really, if we just have a goal, we just have a vision about something, if we don't put together steps, then we're always dreaming. Um, then there's nothing really holding us to the goal. I'm just saying, you know, I want to throw the weight 20 meters. Um, well, I can, I can say that today I want to throw the weight 20 meters. Um, but if I don't train, if I don't throw, I'm not just going to enter a meet and it's magically going to happen. Um, and the same could be said for, for our collegiate athletes. Um, they might say that they want to do something, but how do their actions uh, support that goal? And that's something um, that I learned this season, something that I'm definitely uh, going to be more reflective of as I move forward in my coaching career, especially in the next um, uh, next couple seasons with a new group of athletes that, that are coming in is uh, really focus on the, that long term or like John Gordon talks about the telescope what's your vision where do you want to go and your microscope uh, the little day-to-day -day, uh, mundane activities that are going to help you accomplish your te uh, telescope goal and how they're going to help you realize the picture that you see in the telescope um, so that's a little bit of our reflection I hope that makes sense for those of you who are going to listen, uh, those of you that made it this far, thank you very much for, for listening and taking the time. I appreciate any feedback that um, that anybody sends my way. I appreciate reading the, the um, direct messages on Instagram and Twitter when it comes to uh, our podcast episodes. Um, but yeah, so this summer uh, with... Um, with our athletes, we're going to be spending more time focused on our vision and what we want to accomplish. I'm going to be piloting and rolling out some of those uh, activities and templates with uh, some coaches, some high school athletes, definitely my college athletes, um, just to see if there's you know ways, more efficient ways for us to hold ourselves accountable to our goals and to our actions and to actually really make make some progress and feel like we're you know moving forward in a positive direction uh, more journaling more writing down of thoughts and feelings um, I used to do that I know a lot of throwers do that they keep a journal of their you know distances that they throw in practice and their meets their weight room sessions how they feel um, we're just going to try and make it more compact uh, more easy, easier to digest for athletes. So I'm going to spend a lot of time with my kids um, this fall, um, spending some time working on that and really trying to implement, you know, how their daily habits and how their daily actions impact, you know, their throwing. Um, you know, getting five to six hours of sleep a night um, really isn't going to be conducive to uh, to great throwing or. Um, you know, eating, um, you know, poor nutrition 
might not be conducive as well. Uh, missing training sessions, obviously, that's not going to be conducive to throwing far either. But then also being able to write it down in your own handwriting. And, um, you know, there's a lot of apps that track some of those, some of those things for you. But I think it's important for people to see it in their own writing as well. Uh, so with our template, with our journal, uh, we're going to have that where the athletes are going to keep track. Um, I'm going to hold them accountable to that. That's going to be part of our practice. Um, and we'll see what happens. So uh, if anybody has any in- interest in that, um, looking at our template, our throwing journal, our throwing book, uh, please reach out uh, at uh, forceathletics at gmail.com. Or you can reach out on Twitter or um, Instagram. Um, we're really really going to try and focus in on this stuff really try and put together some really good performances this season with our with our kids um, and the best way of do that doing that is writing it down tracking it making sure our daily actions are going to help us achieve our long-term goals thank you very much everyone for listening today uh, i appreciate your time uh, with with listening to our podcast and uh, providing any feedback you might have Again, uh, you've been listening to the Force Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. Thank you very much and have a great day.